Hey folks, and welcome to the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Mishka Katkoff, and today we are going to talk about cross-promotion. Now, cross-promotion has always been an essential part of any publisher's marketing strategy to help grow newly launched games while maintaining users in their portfolio. But it's really during the last year or so when cross-promotion has been elevated from auxiliary component of your marketing mix to a vital element of a publisher's growth strategy. The sudden rise of the weight companies put on cross-promotion is, of course, due to the IDFA deprecation that has, to some extent, further accelerated consolidation in the industry. And as large publishers grow larger and operate across all the key gaming genres, they're looking for tools to increase the lifetime values of their large and diverse player bases. And what better way to do so than to have players playing multiple titles in your portfolio? Now, Playtika is one of the main consolidators in the industry. They've successfully expanded from the social casino core to casual games with acquisition of Wooga, Seriously, Reworks, Jelly Button Games, and others. As the company expands further into new genres, it leverages, among other tools, effective cross-promotion, growing the companies it acquires. And of course, cross-promotion works both ways, as certain player segments from acquired companies end up playing more games in Playtika's growing portfolio. To really get into the wheeze on how to set up and operate effective cross-promotion, I sat down with Yuval Yosefi, who heads cross-promotion as well as all the other user acquisition channels apart from social media and search. Guys, I hope you enjoy this podcast. It was really interesting to record this. Cross-promotion is super important. We always appreciate all feedback and all messages, so keep them coming. And without further ado, shout out to our amazing Sponsors, Facebook, Iron Source, AppSlyer, and Beamable. Enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Facebook Gaming. Facebook Gaming is building the world's gaming community by helping game makers, developers, and publishers to build, grow, and monetize their games. They do, do this by providing research-based insights, in-depth case studies, as well as wide variety of educational materials. A recent example of this is Games Marketing Insights for 2021, a report that has just been released and is available to download for free right now. Of course, Facebook Gaming also helps developers and publishers of all sizes to deploy powerful UA and monetization strategies through a range of innovative solutions designed for games marketers in every corner of the industry. Go to fb.gg forward slash DOF for in-depth educational materials, including playbooks, webinars, blogs, and reports, as well as great video content. Really at Jam City, we want to treat the players first and foremost. We really care about their experiences. That comes down to ad quality and what type of ads they're seeing. We want to make sure that the performance is there. A waterfall management does take a lot of time. The big drawback is the back and forth with networks, obviously the uh, analysis behind it, and not always is the juice worth the squeeze, so to speak. That was Kyle. Kyle is the Senior Director of Ad Monetization from Jam City, and he uses IronSource's platform to automate his monetization and grow game revenue. That is time that is really maximized and could theoretically be a 50 to 100% to 2x increase in overall ad revenue. Theoretically, Level Play just automates a lot of that. That is a huge time sink for a lot of our teams. Want to grow like Jam City? Get the SDK on ironslc.com. That's ironslc.com. Do you have the tools to turn your insights into action? Let's be honest, 
Not all marketing activities are created equal. AppSlyer's analytics suite simplifies its complex data and gives you a unified view of campaign performance so you can make better, faster marketing choices at every stage of the customer journey. The goal is to create exceptional experiences that keep customers engaged. To succeed, you need to meet your customers where they are. AppSlyer's customer experience and engagement suite, powered by a reliable deep linking engine, lets you create personalized journeys that increase conversion and return on every experience. In addition, AppSlyer is going to keep your budget safe from mobile ad fraud. Bots and click farms aren't going to generate revenue for you. That's why you need a comprehensive fraud protection solution to make sure you're investing in the right channels and only measuring and paying for real actions. Are you ready to start making good choices? Great. Go to AppSlyer.com and get yourself an attribution partner you deserve. Good morning, Yuval, and welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Mishka. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. So you are media department lead at Playtica. Now, for the everybody knows Playtica, but they don't know what a media department lead does. So what does a media department lead do? Yeah. So I have uh, I'm managing three teams of user acquisition. We're specializing in every non-social, non-search media channel. And we are running the user acquisition for almost every Platica app, including cross-promotion for those apps. Why not social and not search? Oh, we have another department for that. Okay, got it. Platica is a big company, of course. All right, so, but one of the things that you do, you know, in addition to, to growing the games through, you know, paid user acquisition is cross-promotion. And cross-promotion has been a very hot topic for the past year, ever since the, uh, the privacy changes came in. Before that, it was kind of like, you know, mm, kind of cross promotion. It's like not, not really that big it's of a nice thing. It's nice to have. And now, yeah, it's nice to have. And, and it's not as effective as proper user acquisition with the VO campaign and so forth. But suddenly it becomes this, this extremely strategic tool and, and a must have for any big publisher. So before we start going deeper into how to do cross promotion, professionally can you first kind of defy what do you what do you mean by cross promotion and why does it matter i mean it's cross promotion again it's, it's a form of user acquisition as you said when you have such a, a robust uh, portfolio of games uh, across categories and you have over 30 million monthly active users it's only natural you want to to leverage that and diversify each player's mm -hmm. experience and reach a very well-known audience that's highly correlating to your games and basically to be able to do it for almost zero cost, right? Because it's money going from one pocket to the other. So that's only natural to do it within your games rather than outside of your games. Yeah, so, and, and but with the cross-promotion, and thank you for the, for the def definition. So with cross-promotion, there's a lot of different perceptions. And, you know, I've been in the games industry for, for a hot minute and dabbled in cross-promotion ever since Facebook games. And the uh, the perception, like the perception that I have experienced, was firstly, it's we're gonna lose the, the the good players to to the other game led by another game lead who's gonna take my good players, and I'm gonna have these <laughs> these churning players. The second perception that we all often had was that players coming from one type of a genre going to another are not gonna perform as well, and and the third kind of a weird perception that I that I still couldn't explain. So let me take you back on the memory lane. So maybe 12 years ago, we were doing Facebook games 
and we had a, a digital chocolate. So the company has gone under. I can talk freely about all the practices that were going on there. Anyways, so we were doing a lot of cross promotion there and we had our top titles were city builders. Uh, I was doing a, a little bit of a mid core game called army attack. And, and I remember we were driving traffic from, from one city builder to our mid core game. And we also had a zombie game called zombie land, which was more like a simulation game. And one, when we drove traffic to one of those, it didn't perform. And then we drove traffic to midcore game. People said it was never going to work. It actually worked really well. And we were kind of like just trying different things. We didn't know what we were doing, just looking at the data. And I remember clearly that there was also a reskin of the most successful game that we had, a city builder. And then we had a city builder based in like Vegas. And what happened was that when we drove traffic to exactly the same game, it actually hurt the traffic in the main game and didn't stay in the new game. And these are my kind of like crazy perceptions and experiences of, of we have a hypothesis how cross promotion should work. And then nevertheless, when we tried all kinds of different things in a very uneducated way, it was just always a mystery what's going to happen. So what are the, some of, some of the common perceptions that you hear about in cross motion every day? And, and yeah, like uh, uh, what of them are perceptions and what are misconceptions? So, so very similar to, to what you've mentioned, uh, one of the most mm -hmm. common misperceptions that I hear is that cross motion won't perform well unless the games are very similar to each other, which is only partially true. Yes, they can perform really well. We see it also in, in, you know, in other similar games outside of our portfolio. But with cross-promotion, we also see that there is a cannibalization risk. Mm -hmm. So the more similar the games are, the higher the risk of cannibalization of the origin app is. And same, you know, same goes for when the games are too different from each other. And in this case, you know, the trust would actually not perform so well, but you're minimizing the risk of cannibalization. Mm -hmm. So what we have found that is there is a sweet spot where the games are not too similar, but the audience correlate. That's where you're supposed to see the most success with cross-promotion because we know users are playing more than one game at a time. It's not necessarily cannibalizing mm -hmm. the Origin app if it's a different type of game. So that is something interesting that we found along the way. And kind of another misperception that I, I, I hear quite often, it's not really a, a misperception, it's more of an, a false expectation where we say, okay, let's do cross promotions for our low value tiers or low value segments and cross them to another app and let's see how they, how they behave there or, or if they're becoming a, a better quality or a better tier mm -hmm. of segment. And that's almost never the case. Of course, it depends on which games we're talking about and their general performance. But when you're taking a users who uh, a player who's more likely to make a purchase in the app and progress with making purchases, that's kind of behavior is going to to be the same uh, or more likely to be the same in the other app. And the opposite goes as well. If you're taking a, a user with a long time that has been in your game for a long time and haven't been paying and you haven't convinced them to make a purchase uh, and progress in the game with a purchase, Again, that's something that's most likely to happen in the other app that mm -hmm. they're crossing to. So it's important to set the expectations straight when you're approaching cross-promotion. These are kind yeah, of the, so you, the top ones. So you can't level up a player uh, player's value by moving them from one game to another. That that makes total sense. And yeah. when, you, when you talked about different genres and, and how players perform, in my experience as well, how they perform in one genre when they go to another, we often think of players like core players or mid core players or casual players, even though that's not really how it works. Just yesterday, I was talking to, to a, a game CEO who's building his 
third or second shooter game and they play all the time like super hardcore games like Escape from Tarkov. And he said that that his go-to casual game is, I remember, I think he said Merge Mansion or something like that. So so what I'm trying to say is like the, the, we there's an audience and one player can play very different types of game. They can play everything from a casino to a strategy game and everything from a from a puzzle game to an RPG. So how do you look at the uh, the audience? Like, do you have some kind of an audience mapping or audience taxonomy, or do you still use genre mapping? It's a very difficult task to to create that, you know, that, uh, that taxonomy, mm -hmm. that tree of, of apps and what correlates and what doesn't correlate. What we're trying to do today is after we've realized that what correlates, you know, just by just experimenting everything on everything, of course, excluding age restrictions, we found out which audience usually work best for cross promotion in general and which work with specific apps. However, going forward with that to the next level, using AI, we now are able to predict for specific player what would be the best recommendation. So mm. we're trying even to be more granulated with, with the, the, the recommendations that we make. So there's not really a map rather than just a very smart way of of recommending users what to play next. Of course, Platika has tremendous tools for publishing. Would you recommend for, for other companies that are, let's say, leveling up their, their cross-promotion game, would you recommend to them to dive deeper into building a taxonomy, which sounds easier than an AI, or would you go right away into an AI? If you have the database for all of your games aligned, creating a taxonomy should be a much simpler type. If you're coming from an M&A based company that is doing quite a few acquisitions in their lifetime, you are going to face the challenge of trying to, to find how to match users. And that's not going to be easy. So mm. I guess if you have access, sure, invest in it because it would be kind of your, your map of where your user is supposed to be and what, where you should put your efforts in cross promotion, but it's not always easy. So again, it's important to know what you're approaching to based on the resources and the database that you have. Mm. So you mentioned uh, the magical uh, combination, M&A. So regarding M&A, a lot of M&A happening in, in the games industry. There's a tremendous amount of M&A happening. What's the, what I'm trying to ask is, is how quickly can a company that is acquiring another company benefit from cross-promotion? Does it take time before it gets rolling really well? Or is it something that, that as soon as you've completed the acquisition, it's basically plug and play and, and, and you know, you're firing at all cylinders? I think that really depends on your cross-promotion strategy. Because <laughs> cross-promotion is not always easy to implement, right? There's a lot of coordination between the studios. Not every app is suddenly open to share their users with another app. Everyone are trying to show their own success in the game and, and maintain their, their users as much as possible. So, so it's not always easy to set up in general, mm -hmm. not just for after an acquisition. But if your strategy is, is using cross-promotion through ad monetization, maybe we can talk about that a bit later. But if you're going in that route, then it should be easy to set up. And if a game already has ads integrated inside, then it's going to be easy to put in cross-promotion in there as well and start already testing it. But if you want to take it to be more sophisticated and to the next level and to be more granular like granular with, with the, the way you're looking at cross-promotion within the games, it's mm -hmm. not going to be as easy because you need the data aligned, you need to uh, look at the segmentation, understand the segmentation, it's going to take quite a while. Just like every ad monetization or monetization 
uh, approach when you when you put it in a new game. So that really is depending on on your cross promotion strategy. And and just last question about M and A, like how important do you think it should be to look at the the the, the affiliation between the games that the, the company make is making that you're acquiring? Like should you test some kind of a Cross, not cross promotion, just basically user acquisition from from those apps to yours before making an acquisition is is that a, is that a vital part in a due diligence? I don't know if you've done due diligence before, if that's something that, that your company does. But, but so I'm not going to speak on behalf of Platica for this one, because yeah. I'm not part of uh, of M and yeah. But I think that it only makes sense uh, to get a glimpse of 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 what your what is mm-hmm. it, how is it going to work for you, right? Yeah. What is the, the current correlation? What is the uh, audience look like? Can you leverage that in other ways other than just the existing way of, of that game? Mm-hmm. So I think it, it, it makes sense. It's also not hard to, but again, that's uh, that's from my perspective as, as someone yeah. who's been doing user acquisition and cross promotions for quite a while. You can get a few interesting insights. And then, and then in your perspective, is the IDFV, so basically, with the IDFA deprecation, now you have IDFV, so you get the the identification of a device across the same de- across the devices under one publisher. So, in in your perspective, is it important to have all your games under one publisher? Because we have big publishers that have put everything under one publisher, all the companies that they acquired, and we have also big publishers who haven't done it, and both seem to be successful. Like, how big of a factor is IDFV in very effective cross promotion? IDFV has two main shortages. One is, as you said, the V part, the vendor part, is determined by the data supplied to the App Store. So if you're not the same vendor, you're not going to share the same IDFV. The other part is that the other like kind of a shortage of, of IDFV is that you have to have a pre-existing app of your portfolio installed on the device. So when the user would install your other app, you will maintain that IDFB. That's where cross-promotion is really important. Cross-promotion is obviously you're still targeting a user of your existing app, and that's easy to, to maintain that IDFB consistent. But it's not, IDFB is not, it's not mandatory for cross-promotion. It's going to mm-hmm. be very helpful, like IDFA was, uh, but there are ways to overcome it, as IDFB is, or I, the, the part of IDFA was really there uh, to help with whatever was related to third parties, right? Cross promotion, you don't really need any third parties. Hmm. This is your own data. It's your own internal players and your own internal data collection. And you don't really need any identifier to share with third parties. So once you create internal identifiers and in social games, for example, when users choose to connect and identify themselves choosing connecting with Facebook or email or whatever, uh, then you can create identifiers across your portfolio, obviously within the private, you know, guidelines. But you can overcome it with other ways than, than IDFE. It's not mandatory for cross-promotion. So it's additive, but not mandatory. All right, so mm-hmm. let's go to to the uh, to tactical level from strategic and, and especially just very granular. Like how does a good exprom- like cross-promotion setup look like? And if you can tell us what type of tools is are you using in, in your... In, with- cross-promotion's most common way, as we've seen it, is, is mostly through native ad placements. Sometimes when you're finishing a level or you're pausing the game, or I've seen companies who really ask you if you're enjoying the game and if you press it, you're not, then they're showing you a menu of, of other <laughs> uh, of other apps. So that, that, is, that is what cross promotion has used to be until, until not long ago, and it still is. So that's kind of a main setup. The other setup that we've started seeing growing in the past few years is, is doing it through ad monetization efforts. 
And that's what I've mentioned earlier. When now you can target your own apps within your, you know, your your user acquisition efforts, you can start showing, uh, you know, app A in app B through rewarded videos. And so, Irosource has come up with a tool for cross promotion that we started using and testing a. a, a few years ago and it worked it works really great because you can separate cross promotion from every other ad network and you can start controlling it and have a really good transparency and it's easy to set up it's fair because you know you're not preferring it or prioritizing it over anyone else so that's kind of a new easy way of doing cross promotion through ad monetization so these are kind of the main two setups that we that we see today for us, it's mostly thread monetization. Okay, so there's a lot of questions I have regarding this. So first of all, yeah. <laughs> um, if if you're kicking off, like now I'm I'm talking for for publishers much smaller than Playtika. Let's say you have mm -hmm. a couple of apps. Five is native. Like, would you go with native or dynamic first? Like, what would be your choice? That depends. If you have ad monetization set up, go with mm -hmm. ad monetization because it's so easy. There is not a lot of dev work needed, basically, basically none, uh, especially if you already have uh, uh, the mediation and SDK implemented, not a, not a hard work to do. But if you don't have it, then you don't have much choice. And if it's implementing a full SDK and a mediation in the network rather than developing a native uh, placement in the app that's going to be there for a while and maybe you're not planning on changing it too much, then go with native. Okay. So let's say I'm going with that monetization because that also increases my revenue. So that's a pretty easy choice. Mm -hmm. Now, how do I decide between cross-promoting a player or going through ad monetization? Now, I understand that with the iron source tool, it's very fair and so forth, mm -hmm. but I all, I'm also very wary of the churn. I'm mm -hmm. also very wary of, of the players that I want to keep. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be conservative here. You know, I want additional revenue. I want to increase the value of my portfolio, but I also don't want to cannibalize my games. Like, how do I do that? Yeah, so if you're looking at cross-promotion as a revenue generator as well, it shouldn't be too different than any other mm -hmm. ad monetization or ad network. Because if you're promoting a competitor's app, then why not promote your own? There's going to be a churn, in it, a churn rate in any case. So, so you might as well have it within your portfolio rather than outside of your portfolio. So there shouldn't be much difference if you're showing ads indifferently Cross-promotion is, is part of it. That is if you count cross-promotion as, as an ad revenue generator. If you don't count mm -hmm. it as a, as a revenue generator, sure, maintain it in a waterfall in slightly lower positions because maybe the ad revenue here plays a bigger part and a bigger, you know, of course, it's more important as, as it generates revenue. For some segments, though, when you're being more conservative and when you're being conservative with it, kind of makes more sense to show cross-promotion. When if it's users that you say, we're not showing them ad monetization or we don't really care about that extra dollar coming from from the ad revenue you can show them uh cross promotion and diversify their experience and again of course maintain the churn rate and see which segments those exactly should be and the other thing is that if you know that your users are about to churn um, mm -hmm. then you can instead of gaining that one extra dollar you can keep them within your portfolio and prolong their lifetime value or, or, or seniority or, or, you know, DAO days within your portfolio yeah. in general. Let's take a little break and talk about how to boost your live ops. Now, we all know that you need great people and fantastic tools to get the most out of your live games. And I'm sure you got the people part covered. But how fantastic your, your tools truly are. Well, listen, 
If your game is made with Unity, you need to check out Beamable. Beamable is like an operating system for live games built in Unity. Beamable simplifies everything from updating your game to selling all those cool in-game items with special offers. And when it comes to live events and competitive features like leaderboards, Beamable got you covered. And Beamable is not only for your product folks, with visual prefabs for Unity and the ability to keep, you all, to keep all your server code in C-sharp means life is simpler for your programmers and most importantly, you'll get to the market faster. If much lower cost of development and efficiency of operations is your jam, then Beamable is your toast. Go to Beamable.com because Deconstructor of Fun told you so. So in your experience, what are the type of a players that are best for cross promotion? Like there are best candidates to put in into that cross promotion battle. Oh, that's a, that's a tough question because it, it mm. really, it really is depends and, and it, it, it is different between the genres that you're focusing in or the, mm -hmm. the app categories that you're focusing in. I will say what not to focus because what to cross, cross everyone who are, who are not uh, causing any damage, uh, but. Avoid new users because new users are not hooked in the game yet. They haven't been fully experienced the app. So maybe don't uh, reach out to them just quite yet. Give them a chance to, to kind of get to know the existing app before you're suggesting them something else. And also, you know, test very cautiously with a very high value set. I wouldn't run to them, even though they probably have the, the highest potential, as we said, because users' mm -hmm. behavior is consistent. Avoid them get to them much later and play around more with your users who have been in the game for a long time they're less likely to churn because they're already very loyal to the game or users that have been dormant payers so for example those who they've made a purchase they progress in the app they're open to 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 you know to to pay however they're harder to convince now and they're mm kind of now maintaining that one-time deposit that is not developing anywhere else. So this is an interesting segment to focus on as well. Interesting. Yeah. Dormant players. That's, a, dormant that's, a, payers. that's an interesting concept. Dormant, dormant payers. So that's yeah. that's an interesting concept and, and it makes all the sense. They are valuable players, but you're just unable mm -hmm. to convert them again. So it yeah. makes sense to, to move them to another game where they would likely purchase again and then continue playing. I wanted yeah. to ask one more one more question about like how to make the decisions when to promote the same type of game versus a different type of game because that's that's something that that a lot of I think a lot of publishers are are thinking about and, and testing and, and working around. Yeah, so I, I think again it comes back to to the segments app to app, similar not similar. It doesn't really matter. What matters is, is if the audience correlates. So we've heard it even multiple times from other companies when they have. The same, I don't know, let's go with hyper-casual, for example. They, send, they have the same hyper-casual games. Oh, so sorry, the same category. But the audience is different. It's not always the same audience. And those sometimes, even if it's a similar app, it won't work because the audience doesn't correlate. So mm -hmm. focus on the audience rather than the app category. Are there any kind of like a best practices with cross-promotion with different genres? Like how do you, I'll, I'll give a concrete example. I've been playing Seriously's Best Fiends. And I've seen some ads for a solitaire game, for Playtika solitaire game. And I've noticed that you guys were using Playtika. Seriously is a Playtika portfolio company. And you were using the, uh, the, the, uh, the Seriously Best Fiends characters in the ad for the solitaire game. Is that one of the best practices? And is there a reasoning behind Interesting, interesting fact about creative with cross-promotion. Um, because you know 
the exact targeting, you're almost surgical with, with what you're showing your users. So we understood that we can approach the users with a message. It's going to be easier, more interesting, uh, something that we already know that they like. What are you when you know when you're shooting in a wide range? And we tested in an ad that involved the solitaire me game mechanics with the mm. with the best fiends character in art, and the IPMs were were doubled because user that it really resonated with the users, right? They saw something they mm -hmm. were more curious to understand what it was because it's something that they they're familiar with. It's best fiends characters, it's the characters they know and love, and that was kind of it was very eye catching for them. And that's when we realized that. That when you make the connect between your games to the players and you access it to the players, they're more open to to experiment with that. They're more open to experiment with one of your other apps. It's kind of a it's kind of a leaving a a good taste on user from a from a brand. And when you're showing them, mm. you come up with another product of the brand, they're less likely to to try it. So it's something that we've experimenting through creatives. Uh, which was very interesting to you mentioned the the ipm double do you measure cross promotion the same way as user acquisition like is there a ROAS for 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 that or yeah 100 percent. it's important because when we try to be unbiased with cross promotion and kind of make a fair decisions we don't want to prefer one app versus the other we trying to maintain the the give and take between the apps and mm -hmm. also make the right choices with how we see things perform so let's talk segmentation how would you suggest publishers should approach segmenting their players to achieve the maximum increase in their portfolio values? It's all about experimenting. It's you, mm -hmm. you need to test as wide as you can. The process I would approach to is first to exclude your high value tiers of players. You know who those are and then start experimenting pretty wide through A-B testing. Start with monitoring. If you are a company such as Platica, for example, when you're heavy IAP based, start experimenting with as wide as possible and understand the churn rates. Like look at the churn rates, look who is leaving your app and you're less likely to get them back because the what's bigger than the lifetime value increase potential is the loss of, of players due to churning. And that is something you need to monitor closely. So when you approach segment segmentation, more than how can I maximize the lifetime value, think about how you can minimize the cannibalization and churn risk. That's how you should um, uh, approach segmentation. All right. So so who should, who should in your opinion, run cross-promotion? Is it uh, central product management, some kind of a central function, or is it user acquisition? Who, who, who's the best at running cross-promotion? I think that no matter who it is, it should be a unit that is unbiased because every game is, you know, again, they have their own interest in mind, which is only natural and an unbiased entity of the company is, is more likely to work well and create a very fair operation. However, to top that kind of why is it sitting in marketing for us is that it's cross promotion is a form of user acquisition. And it's a very, very, very efficient form of user acquisition. And for it to be for user acquisition manager to manage, especially when it's through ad monetization mechanisms, it's it's only natural. But because in cross promotion you have the complexity of being an advertiser, but also being a publisher, someone from monetization or ad monetization is also important in that combination. So if you have a background in both, that's that's I this makes perfect sense and um, 
I'm, I'm very happy that I didn't pursue this opportunity when, when it was once offered to me at, um, at a pretty big social casino company, not, not play Tika <laughs> to, to run a cross promotion between their apps. And, <laughs> and I clearly would have have been qualified. So, so I'm very happy <laughs> not to have stepped on that mine. You all, I think you've. So, it's all about, uh, it, it's cross promotion is so diversified. Everyone mm. can take it to their own, to their own place, but we've tested cross promotion multiple times across play because you know, very long cycle so far, and it seems that when it's more unbiased, it's more likely. Yes, but you also need to have the understanding of user acquisition to ha to to make it unbiased versus haggling between game teams, mm -hmm. which is my previous experience of, of doing cross promotion is talking directly to the other game team and, and <laughs> making deals with them. So definitely not effective. But again, my experience is from like dozen years ago, <laughs> starting from dozen years ago. So so that's that's not relevant to this matter. You all, thank you so much for opening up and telling like just very, very important information about how to, and insights, how to set up cross promotion, how to run cross promotion. It's, it's one of the most strategic tools for any publisher, any, you know, mid to, to large publisher at the moment. So this has been very, very interesting. And for folks who are listening, uh, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you and, and, and to hear more about cross promotion? So just a few words uh, about Playtica for, for those who are unfamiliar. Playtica is a, is a play first entertainment company. We have over 15 games across our entire portfolio and uh, over 30 million monthly active users. Our basic belief is, is that life needs play. And so, so we made it our job to entertain the world through infinite ways to play. And if you want to be part of that, we have over 19 global sites. Our HQ is based in Israel. We have sites in Europe. North America, Australia. We have a lot of open positions right now in a lot of domains, R&D, product, monetization, AI, marketing, and more. So check out platica.com slash careers or follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and you can get in touch with me directly through LinkedIn. Just DM me if you want to talk more about cross-promotion. Thank you so much. I'll put all the, all the uh, information into the description notes below. So check those out and, and yeah, thank you so much, Yuval. Mm -hmm.